0: Flat is a state of mind. Get to know the people, science, and stories that make the Kansas outdoors more than flyover country. This is Flatlander Podcast, presented by the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks and the Kansas Wildlife Federation.
1: What's up, Flatlanders? How's it going? It's your girl, Lindsay. (laughs) Back on the mic. And I'm with... Tana. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, Mark Murrell is joining us. He's the executive director for the Kansas Wildscape Foundation. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark.
2: You bet, Lindsay. My pleasure.
1: Happy to have you on. Yeah.
3: And you and Lindsay kind of go way back.
2: We do. We go quite a way back. I actually hired Lindsay uh, a few years ago, and... um, yeah, we've been uh, been friends for five or six years now. Yeah, it's been Something a while. Like yeah. yeah, Time yeah. flies.
1: Mark gave me my first job when I finished up all of my secondary education. And uh, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to the episode on the National Archery in the Schools program that we recorded. Um, I talk more about the podcast that the Nature Center produced and uh, some of the events that we did and things that are still out there that you can enjoy.
2: Yep, and I've known Tana ever since she started and uh taking her on some hunting and fishing trips some more successful than others as she's mentioned <laughs> typically the ones that weren't successful she brings up more often but uh, we've had fun together so appreciate being here
1: yeah it's great to have you from the stories that I've heard the unsuccessful hunts are definitely the more funnier of the they stories are that she funnier. Has. <laughs> and, you know,
2: the highlights of the morning have been honey buns and whatever else snacks we could conjure up at the time <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's been pretty good um Mark, will you tell us a little bit about you and your background, where you're from, and what it was like?
2: Sure, I grew up in in Kansas. Spent all of uh, all but two of my fifty eight years in Kansas, uh, northeast Kansas, Topeka, Manhattan. Went to school at Kansas State and uh, graduated way back when in fisheries and wildlife biology. And um, moved to North Carolina for a couple years as a fisheries management technician. And worked down there and decided that uh, if my wife and I were going to start a family, I couldn't do that 24 hours away from my mother and my sisters. So moved back to Kansas and started work for Kansas Wildlife and Parks um, way back when. So,
3: And you said you grew up in a pretty outdoorsy family did a lot of hunting and fishing.
2: A little bit. Um, most of that was on my own. My dad was what we call a weekend warrior. Um He'd go pheasant hunting, you know, opening weekend with his friends and somebody he worked with, and uh, we did spend a lot of time outside camping, Uh, so we grew up a lot fishing and in the boat and that sort of thing, and uh, between that, my dad's uh, little bit of hunting experience just kind of grew on me. I've got pictures of me with my first fish when I was, you know, two or three years old, my first duck when I was seven, and, um, you know, it's kind of grown from there.
3: And I have to thank you um, for your propensity for passing it on to others. I know you pass it on through your family, but also everybody else that you interact with. And I've been, Lizzie and I have both been lucky enough to be included um, under that umbrella. So thank you for all you do for the Kansas Outdoors.
2: You bet. It's uh, it's fun, whether it's my, you know, daughters, boyfriends growing up, or, you know, my own kids. That's easy enough to do. But uh, I've got a nephew who, you know, my brother in law and sister, they didn't hunt, and he's into it now. And, and just new people just uh getting them familiar with the outdoors and you know it's a wonderful place and you both you know known that now that uh you know some of the things that you had never done and tried and, and really enjoy it so it's uh it's a lot of fun and it's enjoyable for me to watch it as it is you know to do it now at this point
1: And Mark, you've done a lot of freelance career work, haven't you? Uh, Would you mind telling us more about what you've done in that realm?
2: Sure. I always liked writing and photography, um, you know, back in high school, even through college, and had thought about that as uh, something I'd like to do at one time and um, decided after I started with Wildlife and Parks as a second job on my own time, um, I started my own freelance career. And it, uh, you know, I sold my first article and it was really cool to see your name you know, in print or in lights, if you will. And it got to the point after a while that the place I really liked to see my name was under paid to the order of (laughs) on a check. So um, that became really, really popular as a a second income because, you know, as state employees, we didn't make just tons of money. Um, But it was fun to do on my own time. You know, when my kids went to bed at night, I'd sit there and write. Uh, got to meet some great people across the country. Uh, with my freelance writing and, and uh, photography career. I did that for about 25 years, most notable of which was I wrote the outdoor page for the Topeka Capital Journal for the last, um, I did that for about 11 years up until just a couple of years ago. Every Sunday I was, I had the outdoor page, so.
3: Is there any particular story or article that really stood out to you in all that time?
2: There's probably a handful, Tana. Um, some of the ones where I, took some some kids you know when my 32 year career with wildlife and parks i was involved in our pass it on program and um with the 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 youth hunts that we sponsored the i was 20 years in with the the deer hunt down at harper county and 20 years in with the Turkey hunt over at Hutchison. Um, the biologists—they do all the work, and I'd I'd come in and help guide, and and I'd get some kids that, that typically, you know, is a little bit more of a challenge. Either kids with uh, disabilities or uh, just struggling to get out. They haven't really, you know, been exposed to it much, and we're just a little bit more of a challenge. And when it all came together to see the smiles on their face, um, some of those articles I did really really hit home as being special. Uh, all of my articles with my, my family, I have twin boys that just graduated from K state and KU. My daughter's six years older than they are. And, uh, all those articles with them, whether we were camping, trapping, hiking, fishing, hunting, uh, they kind of grew up in the pages of the Kansas wildlife and parks magazine. And, uh, just chatting with people about all that experience and, and that, that those kids got to go through and others, uh, were really special.
3: And I want to hear more about your career at the Great Plains Nature Center, too, because I know that you took so many programs there and made that facility what it is in a big way. So talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, actually, credit probably ought to go to Bob Gress. That was kind of his brainchild. Uh, But I was fortunate to join Bob. I started with the agency Wildlife and Parks in 1989, and then in 1996, we moved into the nature center there. It didn't open as a public visitor center until 2000 due to some problems with some Uh, exhibits that were supposed to be done but um, in 2000 we opened Bob Gress was the director at that time Uh, big influence in in uh, outdoor natural resource you know native history kind of stuff Bob was is is and still is uh, a wonderful outdoor photographer uh, goes on all kinds of trips now that he's retired and went on a few then, but uh, worked with Bob and uh, the late Connie Elpers and some of these other folks that were, were really fun. So I was the manager of the nature center from 96 to, um, I went through when Bob retired, uh, Jim Mason or Lori Beck took over and then Jim Mason took over as director and they were each there a couple of years And I ended up uh, serving as director for the last three years of my career uh, with the agency. But the Nature Center itself, you know, Lindsay came on uh, some really young, bright uh, minds, enthusiastic. They did, you know, some great videos, uh, great work with kids, great work with adults. Um, And my job was just kind of steer them in the right direction. And sometimes ride herd on them a little bit when uh, they got out and got out there just a little bit but they did uh (laughs) they did some great things and uh it it was a fun experience
1: sometimes our dreams were a little too big
2: (laughs) they were but i mean that's what makes it work and uh uh, yeah all of them almost without exception were were wonderful and uh you know it it was a joy to work with a lot of a lot of people there at the nature center and and uh, when i retired from wildlife and parks you know that was uh, some of the things I would miss, the daily interaction with folks uh, with wildlife and parks or at the nature center, and I'll still stop by and, and see some folks there. There's still a couple of them left uh, there. But as as with anything, you know, things change. People move on. Lindsay came to Pratt, and, you know, others moved on. Um, there's still some folks. Uh, Charlie, you know, still a biologist into his 70s now and still doing great things. So uh, everything changes.
1: Right.
3: And, and you had mentioned... Bob um and for our listeners if that name sounded familiar Bob Gress it's because we had a wonderful episode um Lindsay you spoke with Bob Gress about birding in right. Kansas. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I can't remember the episode number off the top of our, off the top of my head but um you just scroll through that list of episodes on whatever platform you're listening to this <laughs> on. I'm sure you'll find it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Bob's a great guy and uh, uh, well renowned. He he probably knows more about uh, any type of wildlife than any any one person I know by far if you've got a bird picture i'm pretty much guaranteeing you can't stump bob with a photo as far as IDing in it
1: so. even if it's a blurry little brown thing and you can't actually make out that it's a bird he'll tell you what kind of bird it is right
2: right <laughs> or if he can't then those are rbs those are regular birds that, right uh, they just a poor picture.
1: (laughs) That's just a regular bird. Mm -hmm. I like it. So Mark, what year did you uh, become the executive director of the Kansas Wildscape Foundation?
2: Well, when I retired from wildlife and parks, I retired on March 5th of 2021 and spent two days in retirement and then started work Monday for Kansas Wildscape Foundation on March 8th. So uh, my quote retirement was short-lived just a couple days, but I couldn't retire financially. Uh, you know, I didn't make tons of money with the state over the years. We were kind of lean on raises there for about a dozen years and, um, I loved what I was doing, you know, but, uh, still needed to make some money. So had to have another option. And it turns out that, uh, my predecessor, Charlie black, uh, who was a good friend of mine that I'd worked with ever since he was with wildscape, uh, for 11 years, you know, he and I were in contact. And, uh, when I found out that he was, he was leaving, um, that was an opportunity for me to look at another option and go ahead and retire from the state and then start work for for Wildscape.
1: And still be connected with us.
2: Right, and that was one of the advantages was Wildscape was set up, uh, ideally and prominently, to work with Kansas Wildlife and Parks. So I knew all of my friends there weren't going anywhere, going far, uh, if you will, Uh, still working on some of the same programs that I worked on with Pass It On, you know, R3, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and, it, and talking to people and, and getting them familiar with outdoor opportunities in Kansas.
1: Right. Thankfully, Tana and I have the opportunity to work with Mark quite a bit on uh, a lot of our big dream ideas, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they're all good. And, and you know, whether it's R3 or, or the NAS program, all of that stuff, those are things that were near and dear to my heart when I worked for Wildlife and Parks. And, and I see the advantages to doing that, you know, with a decline in, in sportsmen and women across the country, you know, fortunately Kansas doesn't have uh, as big of a decline or if at all in some areas. Um, But but seeing that joy that people get, you know, when they shoot uh, a target and get a bullseye, you know, as a fifth grader, seventh grader, whatever the case is, or in tennis uh, instance, you know, some of those kids in the R3 program getting the opportunity to do things that they'd never done before and, and seeing the smiles on those faces. So those are always near dear to my heart and, and easy transitions from wildlife and parks to, uh, to wildscape.
3: And you work with a lot of our partners as well, um, even without – Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks involved, right? Um, you've got some great partnerships, like with Passing On Outdoor Mentors, who we have had on the podcast with us as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wildscape supports their Wichita Clay Dusters, which is a a group of, of uh, young students that wouldn't get the opportunity to shoot high school trap because their their high schools don't have trap teams, and so they got uh, together with uh, Mike Christensen um, and Brittany French and put together this team, and they practice every week. And, and these are kids that wouldn't have the opportunity. So, yeah, we work with Passing On Outdoor Mentors, anything that's that's geared towards the outdoors. Primarily our main focus is wildlife and parks, but when, we, when I see an opportunity where we can kind of extend that reach a little bit and, and make another impact in another area, uh, that was an easy one to do. So,
3: And we've kind of danced around the subject, but I'm curious um, – you know, it's a little bit comparing apples to oranges, but how does this role compare to the work you've done in the past? It's kind of a lot of the same ideas, but maybe just in a different, uh, different context, if you will.
2: It is, you know, with, uh, with Wildscape, um, you know, we're an entity of 1.5 employees. You know, I have a business manager, and then uh, I'm considered as our only full-time employee, but managed by a, a board uh, with some wonderful people from across the state, with lots of experience in either in business or the outdoors or things like that Uh, our board chair right now is Debbie Hagan up from uh, Prairie Village area and Debbie's been on as board chair for the last year or so and done a great job working with me we work closely together on some of these projects figuring out what might work what you know what we need to improve on and and that sort of thing. So, uh, the jump really wasn't that big, you know, going from wildlife and parks to wildscape other than, you know, I don't supervise anybody anymore. Uh, I've got an office, but, uh, you know, there's times I work from home, uh, and, and I'm on the road at times, you know, either doing podcasts or going to fundraisers, things like that. So it's, it's been fun.
1: It sounds like there's a lot of room for activities <laughs> with Wildscape. I mean, just so many opportunities and di- different directions that you could go. And, uh, Mark, I'm wondering, what what did you go into this role hoping that you would accomplish as the executive director? Well,
2: as the Wildscape uh, Foundation, in essence, you know, works closely with wildlife and parks. And Charlie, unfortunately, hit a bit of a skid with um you know, previous administrations with Wildlife and Parks, so they'd kind of gotten away from it just a little bit, working hand-in-hand hand with that, and and we're a little bit frustrated through no fault of Charlie's, um, and so my main interest was trying to get Wildscape back connected with Wildlife and Parks, and even before I took the job, I'd talked to Secretary Loveless about his thoughts about Wildscape and, you know, what we might accomplish if, if we got back together and and started doing some things and I was totally committed once I talked to to Brad about that and um you know it just worked out well to be able to get Wildscape back in touch with wildlife and because prior to that you guys had you guys had been on for, you know, a little bit and probably didn't know much about wildscape. Uh and there's some people out there and that's one of the challenges is trying to get people familiar with Wildscape and what we are and what we do. Uh, You know, as a nonprofit foundation, there's not a lot of uh, uh, things that are known about it. So that was one of my challenges as well. I'm doing things like these, these podcasts and programs and, uh, you know, sponsoring things like the Border Wars Archery Tournament with nine states last week in Overland Park that Wildlife and Parks was a a huge partner in along with the Missouri folks. Um, You know, so doing some things like that and, and getting the word back out there.
3: And, um, you know, I think folks have probably experienced the reach of the Kansas Wildscape Foundation without even realizing it. Like you said, maybe we haven't gotten the word out well enough. What types of projects has KWF historically worked on or worked with? I know, um, I think my first interaction with Wildscape Foundation was um, learning about your involvement in the cabins.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most notable project that Wildscape had. We had a donor. Years ago, uh, the late Bud Walker that had an interest in trying to provide areas, cabin areas, that uh, families and everybody could go and experience some of our reservoirs and hunting and fishing opportunities, and got going with that, and Wildscape uh, administered and uh, financed and constructed 73 cabins in our, I think we're up to 130 now, and and mostly located in our uh, Kansas State Parks, which are wonderful places for families to get away. You know, my family grew up in, at El Dorado and uh, Marion. Marion's not a, a state park, but El Dorado we spent a lot of time at. And, you know, doing things like that, uh, we just had a great time doing that. So the cabins are probably the most notable project. Other things are the Milford Wetland uh, area. They, they did some fundraising for that. Um, other things along the way, they developed their own uh, program to work with wildlife and parks in the Outdoors Kansas for Kids program called the uh, OK Kids Events started in 2001. And uh, that's an opportunity where currently we give people, uh, mostly state parks, some rec centers, uh, a grant from 100 to $500 to conduct some sort of outdoor activity, whether it's fishing, hiking, bird watching, camping, learning to pitch a tent, uh, archery, uh, BB gun shooting, whatever the case might be. Uh, I think we're up to probably four or five dozen sites and thousands of kids that go through that program uh, as well. And, and then they started uh, just pre-COVID when things were a little lean. Charlie got uh, a program called the Wildlife for Challenge kicked off where kids could actually go online and and do some challenges that would get them outside and take pictures of their accomplishments, check in, and they'd get kind of a cool little prize package uh, to go along with it that's one program right now we're looking for sponsorship I've got a couple on the line uh, those prize packages you know from the original allotment are kind of gone now and, and it's a, it's a cool program we talk about not getting kids onto computers but we get them on a computer to hopefully send them outside and get them off the couch uh, and they got to check in but that was a way to get involved uh, with kids and still promote the outdoors.
1: So we've talked about the historical projects that KWF has worked on um, what projects are currently in the works?
2: Well, one of the first things I did was uh, David Breath, a fisheries biologist with KDWP, uh, kicked off uh, the Great Kansas Fishing Derby that first summer uh, when I was there. So I was glad to to get involved with that, told David I'd help wherever I could. And uh, it, in turn, we were one of two major sponsors along with Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's and um, assisted with that. And, you know, the the premise of that was to get people, get kids, get families outdoors uh, they tagged fish in certain locations, and, and if anybody caught a tagged fish, they got a prize or uh, a monetary award. And uh, We did that for a couple of years. We did that uh, the first year, and then this last year we uh, were involved in that. Uh, and then reaching out again to, uh, to Tana and, and you, Lindsey, um, for things that you were doing, the National Archery in the Schools program. I don't think Wildscape had been involved in a whole lot, um, the R3 stuff. Uh, becoming an Outdoors Woman, we, we provided five uh, scholarships for the spring program, five for the fall, um, working with uh, Jessica Ward in the magazine. And I've always been proud of our Kansas Wildlife and Parks magazine. Uh, they celebrated the 10th anniversary of the Wild About Kansas um, photo contest last last year and uh, featured some of the winners in this past January-February issue of the magazine and, you know, encouraging people to get outdoors. Um, that along with the OK Kids stuff, uh, doing a lot of that, uh, we sponsored part of uh, um, the law enforcement division, had a trailer that focused on um, poaching, Kansas poaching problem, and ways to combat that and what they have to go through, and, and Wildscape was a monetary supporter to, to get that uh, trailer kind of fixed up and, and going around the state to, to tell sportsmen and women what problems, you know, they face in trying to combat a poaching problem. So uh, those are just a handful of things. You know, we're looking to the future uh, to carry on with some of those things. You know, the border wars stuff I mentioned, the uh, national or the state shoot coming up in Hutchison here in a few weeks. Uh, we sponsor that. Uh, anything else that we've got going, you know, we uh, we'd love to get involved in. Uh, with other aspects of the agency as well, wherever we can. Uh, you know, we'd love to work with state parks more. We'd love to work with public lands, uh, law enforcement more. You know, a lot of our emphasis has been with uh, you all and, and some of the pass it on type stuff that we've had. And uh, I, th- I think that's a perfect fit and just one that's it's, uh, a no-brainer.
1: Handful. That's like a popcorn bowl full of stuff. That's incredible <laughs> okay. how much you guys are doing over there.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone fast. You know, I celebrate two years with Wildscape here next week, and the time has just really flown by, you know, as it does in everybody's life. Uh, uh, as I've gotten older, somebody, a wise man or woman once said, you know, the closer you get to the end of life, it's just like toilet paper, the faster it goes. So um, it, it's happening. Time's flying. You know, next week is two years, and uh, we've done some things and looking forward to doing more things.
3: Well, I, for one, really appreciate your open-minded approach to the broad range of um, programs and projects that you're willing to support, um, even on a, an experimental level, I'd say. Um, I know we worked with you all this year to do the um, Kansas Collegiate like Learn to Hunt program and get a pilot for that kicked off at Pratt Community College here in town locally. Um, And the goal of that was really to connect students that were in, like, wildlife and outdoor degree paths with folks within the college community there that wanted to get outdoors and hunt. Um, So that was something we partnered with um, a local professor on, and we were very fortunate to receive your support on. So um, helping us be experimental about those programs and projects and finding ways to get the word out about hunting, about fishing, about the outdoors in general, um, it's really been beneficial
2: yeah, and that's one prog- uh, program I missed, uh, uh, unfortunately, was that collegiate mentorship shooting outdoor sports uh, program. You know, and, and ideas, you know, nobody's ever going to get to get to where they want to be as far as introducing people to the outdoors, you know, status quo. So working with Pratt CC was a no-brainer. Uh, we got Gus Bader, one of our um, board, board people from uh, TriStar, uh gus is a great supporter of the outdoors our youth events any of that stuff uh we got gus involved in getting some guns for that program um and it was a great idea you know when when Lindsay called me i think she she might have caught me out on the boat one afternoon fishing when she first approached <laughs> me but uh uh, when she told me about it I was excited about it you know that you all came up with uh, the idea and you know a lot of that You and, and I'll give Wildlife and Parks and, and you two in particular a lot of credit with coming up with ideas you know fresh new faces you know with the agency uh, you know we Mike Miller and, and kind of some of the old school folks at Wildlife and Parks with that you know we'd been around for a long time and uh, frankly you know it, it was it was refreshing to to get new people into some of these positions and see what ideas they had to be more inclusive, to be more welcoming, to expand, you know, the things outside of the normal hunting and fishing routes that uh, some of us grew up with. Because we did that, you know, from the start in, um, in our hunting and fishing programs with wildlife and parks. But things like the college mentorship program are all good ones. And um you know i'm always open to any others you know expanding that looking at options figuring out what we need to do to change it if we need to look somewhere else or do something different that's the only way you learn from anything you know it may not work out quite as well as expected and and we're good with that you know so if it's anything connected with the outdoors uh we're we're good to go but a lot of credit goes to you all for um, you know, just digging in and figuring out new ideas, you know, with the, the sponsorships for the Midwest Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, TANA got busy with it and got uh, some wonderful sponsors to help out with those events to, to share ideas among professionals and educators and uh, Lindsay with the, the border of War stuff and the state shoots. Getting all those folks together, you know, uh, I'm just one person. You guys have a lot of connections to to other folks, uh, and really are the the people on the ground, you know, making it work. And if I can commit to something financially, we've got some donors and things. We've we've got some wonderful grants uh, from some folks that help out with these things. The Latner Family Foundation, uh, the McElwain Foundation, some of these people that help out with things exactly like that, and they would be very proud to know they're involved in, in some of the things that you all do.
1: We really appreciate all the support, Mark. It, it's heartwarming to know that um, uh, us, us young buds are so welcome and that our new ideas are supported.
2: It is, and, and yeah, it's the only way anything changes, you know. The only constant in life is change, and um, you know, some ideas aren't Aren't all they're cracked up to be? Others take off and run like wildfire. So you just got to look at all of them and and uh, figure out what they're worth and 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 try to do try and do the best you can. So
1: right, exactly.
3: And I want to go back and talk in a little more detail about what what happens behind the scenes with the Kansas Wildscape Foundation um, and how you are able to put that all into play to support all of the different programs and projects like we just mentioned. So I feel like it's kind of like that PBS slogan, like. Oh, these projects are supported by conservationists like you. Thank you.
2: Brought to you by. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Right. yeah. So uh, talk to us about that. How does that work right. with PWF? Uh,
2: Wildscape is funded. You know, we're a nonprofit, obviously, um, and we were formed in 1991 by former Governor Mike Hayden uh, to be a nonprofit to help wildlife and parks with, you know, programs maybe they couldn't accomplish on their own, trying to to, to merge state agency with private donors and individuals or businesses. And that's kind of the way it all started. And and over the years, it's developed into uh, a typical nonprofit where we have fundraisers. We have a couple fundraisers a year Uh, and most notable is the outdoor classic, which we have in September up at acorns resort uh, where we, we pit four person teams against one another to golf uh, shoot, sporting clays and five stand, and then fish over a long weekend um, that's gaining a popularity. We'll probably fill up with that, uh, this year. Um, other things, like I mentioned, the, the, uh, grants that we have, the McElwain Foundation has been wonderful supporters of Wildscape for many years. The Latner Fam- Family Foundation, uh, is the same. They're back on board with us this year with a, uh, a nice grant that we just received. Um, you know, and then we get a small percentage of the cabin revenue from those cabins that, uh, that we either, uh, constructed or financed. Uh, that will last here for a few more years, and so uh, we get some of that cabin money back, and the cabins are a great, great thing. You know, I've stayed in them. We, we, you know, use them for walleye camps and stuff like that, or if I've got family in town and there's too many folks here and we're out camping, we'll get get a cabin for them to stay in, and they've always been wonderful. Our state parks are really well run on a shoestring budget, and and those cabins are uh, just great examples of how enjoyable you know, Kansas outdoors can be.
3: All right. So with all of this incredible funding in place um, from so many generous donors and these grant programs, how does KWF then take that money and select which projects or programs to work on and support?
2: That's a good question, Tana. Um, I've been given some leeway with, uh, you know, some smaller programs and things to just run with them. Uh, Anything major, you know, probably run by our board. And, you know, I mentioned our board is comprised of people from all over Kansas, uh, our executive committee in particular, uh, Warren Gefeller is our board co-chair, uh, lives up in Russell. He's been involved with Wildscape since uh, it started. Uh, and then Ward of Arbery is our treasurer. He's up from Prairie Village. And then Mike Miller, who recently retired, uh, took on a position as secretary of Wildscape's board. So uh, we've got an active executive committee, uh, additional board members we meet uh, once every uh, quarter and get together and talk about uh you know kind of where we're at where we're going so any of these projects that we get you know these uh, my board will have seen seen them in some form and with some information to get together to be able to to uh say whether or not that's something that we would get involved in i can't say we've we've jumped on every idea that i've come up with or that has been presented to us um And some of them, the only ones I can think that we've turned down is just logistics as far as being able to handle something like that, um, you know, with uh, the the staff we have in place, which is me. Uh, But one example is, you know, we were recently approached uh, by the governor's one-shot turkey hunt folks. You know, that's been a a great hunt over in El Dorado that's been going on for um, 35 years now. And so we were approached uh, to try and get uh, with the, the youth portion, portion of that, along with uh, Passing On Outdoor Mentors, uh, and sponsor the youth portion, those five kids that are selected. We had 82 applicants from around Kansas. And so that was an idea presented to us uh, in, in just a, a win-win situation uh, that our board loves. And, you know, getting on board with something like that, uh, the kids get a bunch of cool prizes and Wildscapes, a financial sponsor, paying for actually lifetime licenses for each of those uh, kids involved in that hunt, and so five kids are going to get the experience of a lifetime in that governor's one-shot turkey hunt. So those are that's just one example of programs where we could just take it and run with it. You know, anything that's got an outdoor connection. Um, you know, Wildscapes' uh, motto is you know creating outdoor opportunities for Kansas, um, and and that's what we're about. So whether it's telling people about it, whether it's paying for uh, you know certain projects or helping something out financially, just giving people you know young and old the opportunity to experience things like a bow and arrow you know with the NASH programs or uh, canoeing or hiking or fishing or trapping at at the bow uh, program up at Rock Springs you know those are those are all easy ones and win-win for wildscape.
3: I have to know give us a little sneak peek are there any fun projects you all are considering or kind of chewing on right now that you can tell us about?
2: Well, we're still, we're still, you know, for now, I'd love to come up with a big project. The only, the only problem with that is a big project typically requires a big donor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I'd like to think we've done and and it's worked out well is, you know, we don't have that whole pie right now, but we got a bunch of pieces of, of uh, tasty coconut cream pie and putting that all those together, we can make a really cool pie. And, uh. You know, those are the things we're doing now. I'd love to have some kind of signature uh, program with a donor, a business, an organization. Um, Those are few and far between, especially in today's world. You know, things have gotten so much tighter uh, economically through businesses and individuals and that. You know, and um, the ones we have now, the relationships with individuals, uh, the businesses that we have, the grants, have all been wonderful. And, you know, if we had somebody else out there, uh, you know, back in the day, Coleman was big in, into a lot of these things, and some of these other outdoor manufacturers uh, were big into promoting things and projects like that, and the Wildscape was a, a perfect fit for. Uh, and, again, those things are getting tougher and tougher to come by. But if anybody knows of any donors that would love to get involved with the Wildscape, you know, tax-deductible contribution, uh, we work some with some folks on plan-giving opportunities now uh individual donors uh we've got some that are just uh very gracious you know with their time and their money um so you know we're happy to visit with anybody about any opportunities they'd love to see we've got some folks that really enjoy seeing kids get outdoors and it's easy to spend money getting a kid outside so
1: Right. And you can rest easy knowing that you're supporting amazing programs like all the ones that Mark has been listing off throughout this entire podcast episode. But um, I want to switch gears a little bit here. And um, so the Wildscape Foundation is a nonprofit organization. Right. And nonprofit sector presents its own interesting challenges. Right. So the relationship that you have between uh, or the excuse me, that KWF has with KDWP is a very unique one. Can you kind of talk to us about some of the challenges that you face in that um, realm?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, Lindsay, is, um, is just time and, and doing things in a, a quick manner. There's nothing, as I knew over 30 years, nothing that happens real quick in, in state agencies or state government um and so I think that has been one of the bigger challenges you know if you all have an idea it's going to take x amount of weeks to work it out you know whether you're getting together with PCC folks they've got to get together with their folks figure out what's what and and it's just it takes a long time you know and so um you know everybody in today's world you know wants it right now right near you know everything and so that's probably one of the bigger challenges but um, you know, we're always open to ideas. So any of these things that, uh, that need help within the wildlife and parks realm, we're happy to visit with any, anybody, you know, I've reached out to some of the wildlife and parks employees with ideas and, and vice versa, you know, and, and some of the ones that we've got going are easy to take and keep running with.
3: And is there a specific project or effort that you're maybe the most proud of since you've come on in the past couple years?
2: Well, a couple of the ones that, that I actually supported back before I was uh, executive director, like the Outdoor Kansas for Kids program, you know, when I was at the Nature Center. I don't remember if Lindsay was there for our first one that we ever did, but I think we had like 1,200 kids there at our first OK Kids event. And so some of those things, you know, Meade State Park out in southwest Kansas has done well. They've been on since 2001, uh, done great things. Some others, um, El Dorado State Park had a pretty good run as far as getting kids outdoors. So uh, any of those that get kids outdoors, you know, I was really happy with what David did and uh, the uh, Great Kansas Fishing Derby to get people out. Um, And then, you know, just seeing the kids shooting archery, uh, thinking about what goes on up at bow. You know, back in the day when we first started bow, I was an instructor. I did bow hunting, trapping, uh, a number of things up there. When we first started bow and, and knowing that that's in good hands now, and that Wildscape's a, a sponsor maybe for some uh, women that don't have the opportunity or couldn't get there on their own with, without these scholarships. And so I'd, I don't know if there's any single individual entity, but, you know, overall, anytime I see somebody, whether they're 7 or 70, getting a big smile on their face when they get to experience something in, in Kansas outdoors, that's uh, that's a reward for me.
1: Tana, it sounds like Mark is just overall proud of all, everything Wildscape. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> Wildscape right and, <laughs> and wildlife
2: and parks. And, you know, I've, I have a 32-year career, worked with a lot of great people at wildlife and parks. And uh, there's, you know, been a changing of the guard, so to speak, over the last 10 years. Some of us old guys and gals kind of get on down the road and, and leave it in better hands. Um so, it, you know, like I said, everything changes and it's all been good. And I've really enjoyed working with wildlife and parks, uh, both new employees and some of the other employees that have been here a while. So it's it's a great fit. You know, it's what Wildscape is is meant to do, you know, to work with wildlife and parks and and create outdoor, outdoor opportunities for Kansans. You know, we don't want anybody to break the bank to get outdoors. And there's a lot of things that you can do that don't cost a lot of money. You know, whether it's mushroom hunting or going on a squirrel hunt or taking a, canoe ride, you know, along the edges of one of our our rivers or reservoirs. So there's a lot of of neat things to do in Kansas.
1: Right, and we're particularly thankful that we have this partnership with Kansas Wildlife Foundation. Mm
3: -hmm. Absolutely, and your work touches – A lot, a lot of different people. So um, I know I can speak for both Lindsay and I and many, many others, and we say we're very thankful for um, both your personal and professional mentorship as well. It it means a lot to us. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I appreciate that.
1: So, Mark, you've talked about how folks can just donate funds to Kansas Wildscape Foundation to support some of these programs, but are there other ways that folks can support the work that's being done? Well,
2: we – we, if there are any businesses out there that have outdoor goods or products, you know, we work with them. As you know, in, in some of that stuff, we've got to come up with materials and supplies to do that. Uh, if anybody has an interest in doing that, you know, whether you're an outdoor company or, you know, local mom and pop store or something like that, uh, they can get in touch. You know, we just started, one thing I haven't mentioned, we just kicked off an e-newsletter that, uh, that Megan Mayhew has been a rock star on on helping me with and wouldn't get done without her. Um, Matter of fact, I'm going to hit her up and see if I can't get one more out of her here in the next couple of weeks, maybe. Uh, But, uh, you know, we talk about programs in there and give people the opportunity to donate uh, there as well. Then go to our website. We just revamped our website. I like to say we jumped that thing right out of the 90s and and uh into modern age and uh so they can get on there and make a donation and you know what i'd like to do is kind of ask people in some of these newsletters and you know people that have an interest in kids and archery hunting say hey you know if if those on the list if even if five percent of them gave us five or ten bucks we could do a lot of cool things we could get more teams involved in in the state shoot you know if they need bows and they need arrows and they need transportation or whatever You know, we could double the amount of of, uh, women that we could help at the uh, bow program, things like that. So uh, there are opportunities out there. And within that newsletter, you know, I'd like to to think that we could get just even a small portion just kicking in five bucks, you know, a couple gallons of gas, um, you know, a couple candy bars, whatever the case might be. We could do some pretty cool things because there's strength in numbers. And, you know, some other organizations have done well reaching out to the to the masses and that's what i hope people see if they happen to see our newsletter we've done a couple now uh, and again megan's done great getting them out and and uh, editing those and uh, putting them all together for us so if they see that come across rather than just kicking it out or deleting it right off the bat you know take a quick peek at it and see because those uh, a lot of the those go out to outdoors men and women uh, in kansas
1: and to get that newsletter, do you just sign up at the website? Is there like a membership fee?
2: There's no membership fee. Uh, you can sign up on our website. Um, and if you'd like to uh, join or make a donation, you can certainly do that. We're, we're looking for partners. Uh, you know, we talked about memberships, and I think we'd like to consider them partners in, in uh, conservation you know, to get uh, to be able to accomplish some of the things that we want to do and continue with some of these programs. We need all the partners and and help we can get. We're doing well now and we could always do better.
1: Right. And not to mention that additional support that you can show, you know, like follow them on Facebook, share any of the things that they put out there, just spread the word in general. Um, Even if you can't support in any of the ways that Mark has listed out, just getting the word out to other people can definitely be supportive as well.
3: Sure, and a donation to the Kansas Wildscape Foundation as well makes um, an incredible like legacy fund or memorial donation as well for someone that um, perhaps was an outdoor man or woman for their entire lives and wants to leave that lasting legacy. So um, keep the Kansas Wildscape Foundation in mind. Obviously, they do incredible work, as um, Mark has chatted with us about today,
1: and it goes to a worthy cause. Absolutely. Mark, is there anything else you want folks to know about the Kansas Wildscape Foundation?
2: No, I just, you know, like to get the word out. And like you said, Lindsay, social media is big in, in today's world as far as marketing or reach and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, our Facebook page uh, needs a little improvement. I need to work on that. Uh, but, you know, some of the posts that we have, get more people involved in that, taking a look at it. Uh, and, and then, you know, reading the uh, news releases put out by the state uh, when they see that. A lot of times there'll be an association with uh wildscape and, and just know that you know we're here to try and support some of those projects that uh, wildlife and parks has and does um you know now and into the future i'm, I'm proud of the fact that you know for five or six years there they'd kind of gotten away from it like i said earlier you know just through no fault of anybody really but uh, just kind of didn't go down the, the road it was supposed to and and getting back involved now over the two years that i have worked with you know great people like i said and and getting that back to people with, uh, you know, lots of energy and emotion and, and that to, um, you know, keep this ball rolling, uh, with new ideas and fresh ideas and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get into our final wrap up questions, listeners, oh, dear listeners, please remember to like, subscribe and share the podcast. Leave us a review. We want to hear from you. And if you leave us a review, we will 100% say your name into the microphones, uh, for the world to hear. Uh, Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear, too. Send us an email, follow up with us. If you have an idea for a great episode or you have another idea for a great guest, let us know so that we can continue to provide you with excellent podcast content.
3: All right, Mark. You ready for the wrap-up? Yep. Let's bring it home. What, Mark Merle, are you most excited about when you think about the future of the Kansas Wildscape Foundation?
2: I think just the continuation of some of the programs that we've done. Like I said, getting a smile out of a kid, you know, whether he's 7 or 70, Uh, that's experienced something outdoors um, or whether i take somebody personally out uh, show them a great squirrel hunt uh, fishing trip you know whatever the case might be Um, i think we've got a lot of potential there and and working with our board and some of the donors that we've got uh, we're really headed back in a good direction
1: glad to hear it gets me excited too (laughs) So, on the other side of that coin, what keeps you up at night related to the future of Kansas Wildscape Foundation and/or about other outdoor recreation in general?
2: I think just participation uh, mainly. Uh, You know, we've seen a decline in other states, and as Kansas and other states become less rural, uh, getting away from you know every kid growing up with a BB gun, running the creeks and rivers and things, and catching uh, catching fish, bullheads out of the local Creek. And, uh, you know, a lot of decisions are made in big cities by people that have never seen or haven't seen the real outdoors in many, many years. And, um, I guess I think that's what, what worries me the most is, is the future. You know, I, I know in my experience over my nearly six decades in this world that, um, you know, things have changed uh, some for the better and some for obviously the worse. but, uh, um, you know, Kansas has a lot of wonderful opportunities. You know, a lot of people poo poo Kansas and our, our outdoor opportunities, but I've traveled from Northern Quebec to South Texas and everywhere in between. And there's a lot of things that we have here. I wouldn't trade for anything. Our crappie fishing, our turkey hunting, our deer hunting, obviously, um, just outdoor experiences. You know, my kids have moved to other States. One went to Oregon, one went to, Wisconsin. And when we go there and see about some of their outdoor opportunities and just simply what it costs to go camping in some of these places where there's so many people, you know, here we can go set up a tent or a camper or something in a Kansas state park and for 25 bucks a night, you know, have a great uh, experience, you know? So, uh, I, I take a lot of pride in that, that we've got great opportunities here. Uh, you know, I hope they're, they're, they continue to be promoted. Uh, enjoyed and and, uh, appreciated more than anything especially like I said as we become more more urbanized and that people get away from it and you know everybody's busy today with school and kids and sports and that but you know they need to remember a time to to get outdoors I think one of the things I'm most proud of is my kids and I spent lots and lots of weekends camping and I think they're pretty good kids now and I, I think that's a reason why we spend a lot of times and in Kansas outdoors, and and that made a difference in their life.
3: So then is it safe to assume that your challenge to our listeners would be to get outdoors with their families, with their friends?
2: Any chance they get, it's real easy to say, no, I won't, you know, especially if a kid's you know, getting on a parent say, Hey dad, mom, take me fishing or, you know, Hey, let's go do this. Or, you know, even let's go play catch or go to the park or, you know, go to the Creek or whatever, you know, do something. And, you know, there's lots of opportunities that wildlife and parks has our special hunt program. And I say are, cause I still kind of, feel like i'm part of the team but uh the special hunt opportunities that wildlife and parks has there's all kinds of things pass it on outdoor mentors has hunts going on there's lots of opportunities and it's easy for a parent or somebody to say uh, we're too busy or you know we're uh, we got this cooking or whatever and sometimes you got to make it a priority and you know most of the time when that's all said and done i think people are really glad they did that
3: absolutely and keep in mind, too, that um, so many of the programs that we do now are geared toward adults and uh, early onset folks as well. So we want to make sure that not only kids get the opportunity to go outdoors and explore nature, but also um, those young people, those parents, those adults that have the opportunity to continue to, passing, to pass that on down through the chain. Um, and, Mark, you've been a big part of that as well. So uh, I think that's a wonderful challenge, and I hope that our listeners take your advice. You bet. All right, it's been a wonderful conversation. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Tana and Lindsay. I've enjoyed it. You all uh, do great work and uh, look forward to working with you into the future.
3: All right, listeners, I hope that you take everything that you've learned today from Mark and the Kansas Wildscape Foundation and give it some serious thought, consider donating, and um, just remember that flat it is, is a, a state of mind. mind.
0: Flatlander podcast is made possible through a partnership between the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks and the Kansas Wildlife Federation. Sound and production by Megan Mayhew. Music by Kansas locals, the Box Turtles. Become a member of KWF for free by visiting KansasWildlifeFederation.org and be sure to follow KWF on Facebook at Kansas Wildlife Federation and on Instagram at KS Wildlife Fed. Stay up to date on all things KDWP by following the department on Facebook at Kansas Wildlife and Parks. And on Instagram at the KDWP. Remember, the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks is supported by flatlanders like you through the sale of licenses and permits. Consider buying a hunting or fishing license today to conserve and protect the wild spaces and faces that make Kansas more than flyover country.